all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal human beings. Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? This is your chance to make that dream come true. Woo! Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Hello, my fellow Star Wars fiends. From this day forward, I will be known as Blowfish (laughs) 1. And Dave, you will be known as Blowfish 2. Understood? Understood, Captain. Blowfish (laughs) 1! You already messed it up. Ah, Blowfish 1. Yeah. (laughs) all right so we're going to be talking about star wars resistance season one episode 20 no escape part one we are here we're already to the season finale of star wars resistance it went by pretty fast we had a rocky start but everything leveled out after the return for the second half of the season it feels like we're in good hands. Justin Ridge has shown why he's in charge of this show. He has made the appropriate fixes. And now we can sit back and enjoy and reap the benefits of a season that I don't feel like a lot of Star Wars fans had confidence in. And yet now it's proved all of us wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now we have a legitimate series that connected to the movies actually pretty seamlessly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think we'd ever get something like that. I mean, Rebels came close to connecting to the movies, but never like right on point as Resistance has. There's always the possibility, Dave, to. um, There's always the possibility that we will get a connection retrospectively, like years later, like we did with Clone Wars, like we even did with Rebels, like we did with Rogue One. But to have a series like Resistance running parallel to the events of a current sequel trilogy that's being produced, it's fucking extraordinary. Yes. And I don't think any of us thought that would happen. In fact, most of us figured it would be, what, roughly six months to a year before the events of The Force Awakens. In fact, you and I were wondering, how the fuck are they going to tell this story? Because we didn't think they would have the balls to do a parallel story in Flash forward four or five months later, look where we're at. I know. And the the amazing thing at this point that I've noticed is they also took a character like Kaz, who we had no confidence in. I mean, ever since the very beginning, we had no confidence in him. But now he is actually starting to see some really great character development. And well, you the, have way to. That this, the way that this episode ended on a cliffhanger is probably the apex of his character development, I think. This is his call to arms now. This is his personal call to arms. I would agree with that, Um, which we're going to get into shortly here. First, I want to say I love the hell out of this episode. Uh, I can't express how grateful I am that this show has managed to turn itself around. I was afraid heading into winter break that I would have to admit 
that this might be, Dave, the first piece of Star Wars that just wasn't for me. But I'm so glad we stuck it out because Justin Ridge and his crew did in fact deliver some pretty fun Star Wars during the second half of the season. We still have one episode left, so we can't congratulate fully yet. Yes. And it makes me excited, however, for the future of this show. Because just in this episode alone, we saw the control of the platform finally fall to the First Order as Doza loses complete control. But not without a fight. Yeah. Not only did we witness the destruction of the New Republic worlds, but Kaz witnessed the destruction of his home world. That's some dark shit. That is some dark shit. Niku enjoys being a resistance member and discovers that the platform is also a spacecraft with a hyperdrive. Ham just might end up being the villain we said she'd become. This episode, Dave, had a bit of it all. There was some silliness I could have done without, but I understand the target demo for this show. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah, and also when you're dealing with the character, the characters that were involved in the story, like Niku, you got to expect some of just a little bit of levity yeah. to it. Yeah, so it's not a deal breaker. In fact, I find myself chuckling at various moments while I'm watching this episode. Now, like, what the fuck just happened? Am I laughing? Is that a smile on my face? <laughs> like my when face. the BB droid was fighting with the other Imperial BB droid. And they were doing like a standoff, like fencing. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is so stupid. And yet I'm ear to ear right now, enjoying it. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the obvious. And that is Kaz. This is the moment, Dave, where he will be reborn through fire. Witnessing the destruction of his home world is what we've been talking about since the beginning of the season when we found out. He was from the Hosnian system. Yes. But we weren't sure whether or not it would happen during the first season. We, we knew it was coming because, I mean, TFA and The Force Awakens, they destroyed the Hosnian system. So we knew at some point his home world would be destroyed. And we weren't sure whether or not this would even happen in the first season because we didn't realize that they would move the show's narrative so close to the events of the Force Awakens, and The Last Jedi. Yeah. And after winter break, and we realized they are taking the show right smack in the middle of the sequel films, we had gotten excited because we knew that we would see this moment. And it did not disappoint. Moments like these are always the best raw ingredients for a well-developed character. As you mentioned earlier in the show, just a few moments ago, this is the apex moment for Kaz's growth as a character. Yeah, this would be like if you were to actually look at the academic way of saying it is like the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. The part of the hero's journey, this is his call to arms. Yeah. This is where he has to make a decision and basically decide what type of person he is. And I, I love the callback, too, because it does have that feeling of like Princess Leia watching Alderaan getting blown up in New Hope. Well, she's far too trusty. <laughs> she's far too trusting so stupid yeah that's exactly what i felt too and i'm sure that's that was the parallels they were going for that was the the feeling they wanted to convey and imagine mike if they are able to actually do what we kind of speculated on i believe that you actually called it doing a parallel between him and princess leia that would actually be fantastic because then you could actually see Princess Leia kind of mentoring Kaz. It needs to happen. 
and, and I'm like going now that we've actually seen it and we've actually seen that the 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 start of what how how does it affect Kaz? Yeah. Now we're going to actually see okay which path is he going to go? Well, this is why Dave I hope in episode 9 Princess Leia is not killed off. Because her story can continue. Luke is dead. Han Solo is dead. But through these shows, Princess Leia's story can, can, can continue and maintain the, the relevance of that original Rebel Alliance vibe. I'm beginning to actually uh, actually go on your bandwagon uh, for, of actually, for, for keeping Princess Leia alive. Because you got to remember, I've always wanted to say, no, let's kill her off. Let's write her off because it's going to upset the fan base to say, oh, you know, you can't carry it on without Carrie Fisher. But now I'm like going, no, you're you're right. There is still room for this character to affect the Star Wars mythos. Yeah. Why are we going to throw that away? There has to be creative ways of doing it. If they use her as a as a sense of like like a mold, I guess, for a lack of better way of saying this, let's think of her as a mold, the very mold of the Rebel Alliance that becomes the Resistance, right? In fact, if you read some of the expanded universe novels, the new novels, they talk about that and her part and the part she's played in the rise of the Resistance, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's continue that. Why kill her character off in episode nine if it's not needed? If anything, it becomes very formulaic and expected because we've had each of our original characters die in each movie. Yeah, it'd be a waste of a potential storytelling. Yes, because her story can actually help flesh out future stories for characters like with Kaz. And I know we got might have felt like we digressed a bit, but we're going right back to this discussion here on this episode. With the parallels between Kaz's catalyst of being who he becomes and same thing with Princess Leia witnessing the, the destruction of her home planet. I mean, think of that being able to witness. Being able to witness the catalyst as a as a viewer, Dave, as a viewer, the very catalyst that will send Kaz down a path that will forever change his life. I mean, that's one of the most interesting, interesting things about Princess Leia. We yeah. don't know a whole lot about her prior to New Hope as of right now, but we do know that that moment defined who she will be. So if we do the same thing with Kaz, we already know it works. So they could do the exact same thing with him, and suddenly we have this viable character that's just so relevant when it comes to Star Wars archetypes and what types of characters these writers prefer to use in movies and of course now episodes of television especially since when you look at just at the uh the way they've been using her in the movies the way they've been betraying her is kind Who? of like uh princess, princess leia. leia yeah is like a mentor she's been a leader she's been someone that all the new characters kind of like look up to and try to emulate like a podameron right that, that's what they were that's the teaching him how to be a commander teaching him how to be yeah. a commander and not only that, but also like with you kind of get that vibe with her and Ray because Ray is kind of like seeing her as kind of like a almost like a mother role or something. Well, that I, lost mother. I, I can see that happening eventually, but we really didn't get enough between them to even say that. Yeah. But like, you you know, you see you see the little hints at it. Yes, though. that could definitely happen for and sure. For for going back to Kaz, it's right there in your face. I mean, come on. 
Princess Leia witnessed Alderaan getting blown up right in front of her by the Empire. Kaz sees the Hosnian homeworld get blown up right in front of him. Now, the the best part by far is I did see the difference between Princess Leia's moment and Kaz's moment, but it's all because of that freaking awesome speech of General Hux's. <laughs> because, yeah. like, Princess Leia, Tarkin was just being a dick. <laughs> you know like just like what you allude to oh you're just too far uh, too far trusting I, and he wants to prove a point with Hux there was some that speech dude when they started playing it it still gives me chills yeah and like you kind of feel for those characters when Kaz and uh, Tora are watching this it's almost like oh my god this is like a, a, a terrifying moment where you see like this is the face of the new bad guy, which is also helps what I've been saying about resistance in the first order. You have to give them some teeth. You've got to give them some fear. And just this moment that basically says, oh, my God, you are the, the villain of the new franchise right now. Yeah. And, and this is exactly what we needed. This is the yeah. last thing we needed for Kaz for proper motivation and the writers delivered. I can't even imagine where they take the episode next week. There's going to be so much political fallout, fallout that we have not had the opportunity, Dave, to explore because of the way the sequel films are essentially back to back chronologically. Yes. Um, And I'll be honest, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I hope this show continues to expand and detail the political landscape post TLJ, all while giving or strengthening the conflict between the First Order and Resistance. And we they delivered that moment, that catalyst that we needed to just spur everything forward. Now, as we learned in The Force Awakens, and we were reminded in this week's episode by way of Hux's speech, as you mentioned, uh, at this very moment in a system far from here, the New Republic lies to the galaxy while secretly supporting the treachery of the loathsome Resistance. What does this speech mean for Kaz's father, who is a new Republic senator? For example, if the Republic is quietly supporting the resistance, and we know that Kaz's father feels like, feels towards the resistance, we know, I should, let me backtrack, and we know how Kaz's father feels about the resistance. He referred to them as being nothing more than terrorists. Yes. Should this be taken as a first clue that Kaz's father could possibly be affiliated in some way with the First Order? Understandably, though, Dave, not every senator is probably in the know. There are literally thousands of senators. Yeah, that's what I was like thinking, too, is like there has you could go the route that basically we know that the Senate is splintered at this point. You know, Mon Mothma introduced a lot of things that a lot of people didn't agree with. I mean, if you read the book, was uh, it a Green New Deal that she had <laughs> pushed? I have a Green New Deal yeah. for the Grand New Republic. <laughs> but like the, we all know from Bloodlines, if you've read that book, that a lot of people did not like a lot of the policies that were put forth by Mon Mothma and Princess Leia. Right. So it would make sense that. People would people wouldn't know about the resistance or would find a connection. Right. Or would possibly even find the first order a more appetizing uh, per group to affiliate themselves to affiliate with. with them. Yeah. Um, but OK, 
But if one senator feels so strongly against the resistance, it would make you think that at the very least they are a first order sympathizer, right? Yep, absolutely. So maybe Kaz isn't Kaz's father isn't necessarily first order, but he definitely sympathizes with them. If he feels the resistance is unneeded, right? Yes. And they're terrorists, then wouldn't he feel more forthcoming, I guess, to welcome the first order's way of doing things? Whatever is planned, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. We can sit here and speculate all day long, but I think it would be pretty fucking cool if we find out that down the road that Kaz's father survived, that he was conveniently off planet. And then suddenly we create that suspense that, wow, Kaz's father might be bad and whether they do it or not whether they fully commit doesn't really matter yeah the point is that's a great building block for drama and suspense for next season you have a good point because like i i was thinking about the same thing afterwards like in in retrospect looking at the episode and trying to figure out would it be bad if they said oh just as a throw just as a throwaway kaz gets some kind of transmission saying oh your family's fine they were off planet the thing I'm worried about that, though, is you, they're staying at Kylo Ren's elaborate estate off world. You run the risk, though, of actually, strippers there and jacuzzis, <laughs> jacuzzis. But you run the risk of derailing his character growth, don't you think? Because the whole point of him or if what derailing his character growth? Because no, no. OK, it, now it lessens that impact of him watching his planet blow up. Okay, that's a good that's a good point, and I don't disagree. But it all depends on the delivery on, and how they do it. So, for example, let's say, okay, so you're saying if you take away the death of his family, yes, that it would destroy that catalyst we're talking about. The catalyst that we're talking about that would spur him forward as a character. Okay, that's a good point. However, Dave, in a, in a planet that he grew up in, he has family, he has friends. And imagine how angry and conflicted he would be if he found out his father did survive. His father was a part of the First Order, but the rest of his family and friends perished. Ah, okay. Then that would actually be really good. Yeah, so it could still work. In fact, it would be very complicated. Imagine being happy your father survived and you found out why he survived. (laughs) Oh. That's complicated. That would be complicated. (laughs) Yeah, so... Man, anything, I don't think we're going to get all those answers by the last episode next week. It's just not enough time. But there's definitely those building blocks that are available moving into the second season. All right, so let's talk about Agent Tierney. Dave, she continues her manipulative attack on Tam, preying on her naivety in hopes that she will offer up some info on Kaz and or the Resistance. I'm digging, I'm digging Tierney, dude. As a villain. Forget Agent Tyranny right now. Let's talk about Tam. (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. No, Tyranny is cool. I like her character. I'm interested to see what they do with her down the road. But the takeaway for me this week, Dave, is we actually might get what we wanted. We could be witnessing a villain origin story as well. And I'm not not talking about Tyranny. I'm talking about Tam. Tam. Someone like Tam who believes what she is doing is 100% right. Agent Tyranny, she knows she's manipulating. She knows the ways the First Order. But someone like Tam, 
Imagine if someone like Tam joins the First Order because she thinks it's the right thing to do. This could be a rare opportunity to actually have a villain, Dave, we can all sympathize with. Yes. Many of our villains are extremes. There's little room for the gray areas. Thrawn doesn't come off as evil. He's more about honor and uh, a type of order, but not evil. This is even okay, but Thrawn is in the know. So you could make the argument that he is an evil person, but Thrawn is also a very complicated villain. In fact, in some ways, I don't even want to call him a villain. He comes off as an arch nemesis more than anything. An arch nemesis to Vader in some stories, an arch nemesis to the Rebels in the Rebels TV series. But I don't feel like he's a true evil villain. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, I agree because like Thrawn is kind of like he's not evil. He's not evil. He's just he. I, I I'm not sure if I'm throwing this right. That's term correctly, but I the way I see Thrawn is a anti hero. Because of how he, we know his people are like. This is how he is. He's not doing necessarily the most evil thing. He's doing it out of like instinct. This is this is what his personality is. He's very manipulative. He's very well, manipulative is like a, a bad bad he's term as well. Str- he's strategic. Strategic. That's it. That's the that's the thing. His mind. He is a brilliant strategist. In fact, I would compare him to Tarkin in some ways. But Tarkin, I would go the distance. Tarkin, and say, I would go. Evil. I would say he's evil because <laughs> this is a man. If you read his book is a man that was aware of everything. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't included, but he figured it out and he went with it anyways. Thrawn also figured things out, but his motives are more about him and his people opposed to the betterment and the expansion of the empire. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? No, no, absolutely because it, if you think about it, Thrawn's motives are to actually prove he's the best. Like if you read his books, he's always trying to outdo all the other characters. He's always trying to he's trying to you know, put Darth Vader down in his book. That was an awesome scene because he's like going, yeah, I know who you are and I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's bring it back to resistance. Cause we can go, we, we, oh, can, we go can go probably forever. for the next two weeks talking about back, this, going back to Tam, but Tam is not, she, she's in a rare, the writers right now are in a rare position to create this villain origin story from the very, from raw ingredients, truly raw ingredients, something yes. that they have forged on their own in the show and something they can slow play throughout the entire run of the show. It would be effing excellent if we can get Tam on the opposite side and maybe slowly get her back to the good side as the show progresses. Because it would be a, almost kind of like a more darker type of storytelling with Tam than it is with Finn. And just sad as well. And, and just and, and sad, yeah. To see just how, and also forget about how sad it would be for a moment for Tam, but also what would it say about the First Order? The fact that you could see what manipulation does and how it can slowly destroy someone from the inside out and get them involved in something that otherwise they never would be involved in. And suddenly we have a character like Tam in these positions of, of, uh, of hate, I guess you could yeah. say from the first order. And now she has to wrestle with the fact that she's here. And yet 
they're doing things that she questions, but then she has that whole thing about her where, okay, but there's got to be a reason she justifies. So if they do that for a while with her, they could really make her fucking interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it'll, it'll give us more insight on how the First Order brainwashes their troopers. Yeah, and never mind the fact that this could do wonders for Kaz. And ultimately, that's why I want this to happen. It has less to do with Tam and more to do with Kaz because I'm... I understand how a show needs to be written. There needs to be that one central figurehead that carries the emotional weight of the narrative on his shoulders. And what better way to give him even more weight on his shoulders? Let's break our heroes. Is that isn't that what I always say? Let's break our protagonists so they yes. can be rebuilt. And imagine if he not only witnessed the destruction of his home world, but now he feels guilty for Tam's decisions to join the first order that imagine how you'd feel thinking that he was responsible for pushing her to the other side. Yeah. And we got a hint of that too. Once we saw yep. uh, her interaction with Yeager in the, in the hallway, she turned angry. She turned angry and Yeager was like, Yeager was partly devastated and felt guilty because he's like, he knew that they screwed up because they, they kept her She's out. She's far too trusting. She's far too trusting, <laughs> but he, he felt absolutely guilty that, oh my God, I, I know that I'm not telling you the whole story, but you got to understand you, you're on the wrong side and it's not, it's not uh, connecting with her because she's so, she's been so manipulated by tyranny to believe that everyone's against her. It's actually really interesting watching how the first order actually deals with their brainwashing. And I do wonder if this is like the first steps of their brainwashing programming where they tried to tell people, well, yeah, Hey, that's how it is. Even if you look at any propaganda from the 1930s, that's what they do. They convince you they're your friends. Then they slowly bring you over. They woo you over. They show you exactly the, what they want to show the nice things. Look at this is the nice side of what we do. Don't just ignore that. So, yeah, dude, this is straight from propagandic, you know, manipulation you 101. Good point. It, it, it does harken kind of back to those, you know, um, the Nazi youth group type, type of thing. How do you think they convince an entire country to turn in Jews? They reasoned with them and, and, and tried to convince them that they're, that they're doing the right thing. <laughs> that's a good point and yeah. we've never seen i don't think we've never seen anything ever like seen. that ever seen i yeah. think we've ever seen anything like that in star wars we have not dave i don't think we have i mean yes at a grand level with anakin and palpatine what he did to the whole entire republic in the universe but, but never like an army not yeah. an army yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do all right so live read time Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital pledge $5 or more a month, and you gain access to thousands of hours of additional content, including more Star Wars discussions and breakdowns. Pre shows where Dave and I just kind of shoot the shit about Star Wars very casually. Uh, think of it as what we talk about when the mics are off, essentially. Star Wars book breakdowns and reviews, comic book discussions, themed content discussions, and character analysis. We do all of this. For all those that are kind enough to subscribe, 
we do need help. We push about we push out about forty to ninety episodes a month as a network, and the only way we can sustain is by getting people to subscribe. So head over to patreon.com slash Rayman Digital and pledge to the podcast here. Thank you. I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. <laughs> Geek out Saturday. And then, like, ants eat your remains. Like, <laughs> those books got real dark. <laughs> for kids. Or, like, one of them, like, you get... This is, I mean, the this the is fact that Marvel's three. been doing it for ten years doesn't mean so, it's easy. Hold on, though. Take Marvel out of the equation and forget okay. that they don't even exist television has been doing this for decades and i stumbled upon it while i was hunting alligators and this guy starts whistling at you he beckons you so i thought it was a mission like a side mission so i went and then i realized what it was when it was too late yeah. i walked in it's the guy starts and that's how they go out like because the, the rebirth when they ditched the new 52 because the new 52 they weren't always on the best of terms they're back together or you know they end up getting back together because they feel something they don't know they just feel like the universe is pulling them together check up on your favorite rayman digital geek shows every saturday dc on cw back to tank weird west radio the crossroads and more geek out saturday on rayman channel 001 the rain man show the rain is the UK's second most common STI, the number of cases of the new antibiotic-resistant strain is slowly on the rise. Yeah, I like how like we're being attacked by measles, polio, and now a super, super gonorrhea strain. I'm how can we now. weaponize this and give it to AOC, Jenny McCarthy, and Kim Jong-un? I will infect an entire nation. We will defeat North Korea by giving them gonorrhea. <laughs> Thomas, I think you're the so- perfect soldier. You're the like the STI Rambo because you like men and women. You could just leave me behind. Behind enemy lines. Yeah, we'll just drop you there with no condoms. I'm like, get to it. You are our Captain America. <laughs> You're our gonorrhea soldier. This mission, should I choose to accept it? Our super gonorrhea soldier. Jesus. It's time to send in our, our super soldier, everybody. <laughs> you guys remember uh, Vietnam? Yeah. We're going to do it all over again, but with gonorrhea this time. Send Thomas in. He needs air support over. Find all the loosest sluts in downtown Phoenix and bring them on board the airplane. I'm going to need a bottle of Viagra, six cases of Gatorade. What about the Navy SEALs, sir? What about the Navy SEALs? No, 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 no. We need, uh, we need Trixie, Cindy, and Lola from around the corner. (laughs) Thomas is the general. He will lead the charge with the STI invasion. Sir, they don't have gonorrhea. Thomas! Thomas! Yeah, yeah. We need you to go ahead and infect these sluts, sluts, I mean whores, I mean ladies, soldiers. (laughs) We have just found our inside man. Mr. President, it would be my honor. To be inside men. (laughs) To do it all. I I gotta make sure you're fully prepared. Whip your deck out. I want to make sure there's some discharge there. Come on. It's not gay. Let me touch it. (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, we had to take a little extended break there because it is raining so hard outside the studio right now. Normally, the studio blocks out all types of sounds that Mother Nature might bring her way, but not today. (laughs) 
That was loud. That was really loud. I thought the studio was going to fall down. (laughs) All right. So Doza and Yeager. Both thrown into the same cell together. I have a feeling this is where we start to find out about both of their backgrounds and why, which is the most interesting part of these guys' relationship. We're going to find out why a former rebel soldier and Imperial officer are friends. Yep. This is another moment I've been waiting for. I mean, I love seeing Doze's droid D4 switch from nanny mode to killer battle droid. That was awesome, actually. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty <laughs> unexpected. I was like cranking up when he basically just turns turns to her and says, get them out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden she just goes psychotic on everybody. Yeah. And not only was the, it cool to see, but it says a lot about Doza as a character because, I mean... He has a battle droid secretly. Yes. What does that say about his character? That he's ready, that he's that he knows of the potential risk and problems and he's ready for them. He he isn't naive. But ultimately, this was a game changer because Doza cannot go back now. He's really got one choice, and that's to move forward and possibly even join the resistance. Where do you go from here? This is when Doza and Yeager will have to realize that they can no longer stay out of it. Yeah, that's why I wonder if Doza knows about the the big secret of the Colossus. If he knows more about the Colossus than we put on, than he puts on. What secret? About the secret about the high uh, the hyperdrive and everything. He's got to know, right? This is his platform. I would think. Yeah, I would think because and Doza's like that type of person. Like you said, he's always prepared. So it would make sense. He's always got a pocket full of rubbers. He's always ready. <laughs> He's ready. He's always ready. He's all, come here, Tor. I mean, no, it's Tor. No, wait, wait. Meant, no, meant, no, 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 no. I meant Sonara. Come here, Sonara. Tor is his daughter. That's inappropriate. I'm going to give you some mature loving. Oh, uh, no, Dave. That is not. I can't condone that behavior at all. <laughs> now, Sonara, yes. And if Kaz wanted to hook up with Tor, that's cool. But Doza, come Doza, on. No, no. Oh, yeah. So this is going to be when Doza and Yeager will have to realize they can't stay out of it, as I was saying. And, I mean, this is probably also going to be the moment when they become part of the resistance. I can't really see it panning out any other way unless they die at the end of the season. Oh, that would be so sad. (laughs) I mean, throughout the season, they've added more and more people to Kaz's entourage. And I think it's fairly clear who will be a part of Kaz's resistance team. You got Yeager. Doza, Tora, Niku, Kel, Ilea, Sonara, and possibly the other pirates. You know that they are angry, the First Order, so why wouldn't they turn on them? Or at the very least, assist at the last moment. I have a feeling, Dave, that they will help at the last moment. Classic Star Wars style, Han Solo swooping in at the last minute. I have a feeling that's the direction they're going to go. I think that's the direction they're going to go. But you also have to throw in the fact that not they don't necessarily have to join the resistance. No. Because remember, they called for help from the resistance, and the resistance said, no, we can't help you. Sorry. You're but, wait, your who called for help? Remember the episode bef- before this? The pirates didn't. The pirates didn't, but Kaz did. Well, yeah. And Princess Leia sends them the message to everybody that says, I'm sorry, we're... We're we're spaced out too thinly. Well, that's why I think the pirates are going to swoop in because uh, I think Sonara is going to convince everybody to help out. I think that's the route that they're going to go. But I definitely 
wouldn't be surprised if like like what you uh, you were alluding to about joining the resistance i i wouldn't be surprised if this faction doesn't join the resistance and they just stay to themselves this is the team dave especially now that we know that the colossus has a hyperdrive i've got a feeling that this platform will probably end up being a resistance base after they liberate it from the first order occupation yeah i'm uh, and i'm really excited to see this because when you look back at star wars the 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 resistance and the republic and everything never had something like this gigantic of a piece of a ship well that we've seen <laughs> that we've seen in a movie right yeah because yeah, there's movie. been books and comics refueling books and comics, but and... we've never seen it visually and i would be really excited to actually see actually for a change the good guys actually have a badass battle station of some sort you don't think those calamari cruisers are cool dave come on why are you hating on on the rebel oh, alliance dude, but come on they're nothing compared to like the big gigantic star destroyers. I'm just giving you shit. I'm I'm pretty psyched <laughs> to see what they do with this platform. I know, and the fact that we're getting that classic Star Wars ragtag team, I love it. It's love freaking it. cool, man. All right, so let's move into final thoughts, Dave. Um, yeah, just give me your final thoughts on the episode, and then bleed that over into what you want to see. Now that we're really here, and I'm not lying this time, we're really at the end. Season yes. finale is next week. Final thoughts in this episode, and what do you want to see happen? Okay, final thoughts. This was actually a really good setup for part two. I think part one was a really great lead right where they cut it off with the cliffhanger of the Hosnian uh, home planet being destroyed. Phenomenal. I love that little... It makes you want to see, okay, what what happens to Kaz. I love the whole thing about the battle, uh, the Colossus being more than what we thought it was which is a giant floating battleship, a giant floating piece of shit. <laughs> and then uh, I love all the interactions with the character. We're seeing the team actually come together. And just like what you said, the one really juicy tidbit that I really like is the Tam element now, because if Tam joins the other side, that just doesn't affect Kaz. It affects everybody else. Can you imagine the whole team finding out, Tam is actually one of the pilots that's fighting us and she's blowing people up because like, that's the whole point. Tam wants to be a pilot just as badly as Kaz and she will join the other side while Kaz is actually fighting on the other side. And it leaves that storytelling open for like dog fights between them and that potential's there. So I'm really happy with it. I think we're going uh, heading in the right direction uh, I hope that basically what I want to see now in the season finale, biggest thing, I want to see the Colossus actually take flight. That's number one. I want to see Kaz actually fight in a dogfight now. I want him to get back in that fireball. We have to have something climactic happen with the pilots. And there has to be something. And there's got to be a win, right? There's got to be a win now. Yeah. They got to kick the first order off the platform. And I think one of the things that we uh, alluded to in the last episode was we wanted to see someone die, physically die. I'm actually getting off of that bandwagon. I want to see this whole group survive the whole thing, including the villains, because we have to have something for season two. If you kill someone off now, there's too many people like right now that are too important to the narrative. So if you kill someone off now, 
you might run the risk of ruining the narrative. So I want to, I actually say everyone needs to survive, including the villains, because you need to build your villains now. I need to see Pyre. I need to see Von Reg, and I need to see Tam. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I love this episode. It was good. It was everything that I want Star Wars to be. And I'm so glad that at the last, what, eight, nine episodes, they've managed to deliver such great pieces of Star Wars writing. It's fun and it's, it's exciting. It, it's everything Star Wars should be. It's, it's swashbuckling. There's some humor mixed in there, here and there. Uh, it's, it's been a fun, been a fun ride this past season. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed what they did this week, and I'm very excited with how it could all turn out. And Dave, you know what? I, I, I'm going to agree with you, Dave. I think at this point and with what they did with the story, someone doesn't need to die anymore. Yeah. Uh, the Hosnian system, millions of people did die. <laughs> but I mean, our core characters don't need to die. I don't think. In order for us to have a fulfilling and satisfying type of season finale, I don't think we need that type of doom and gloom. It's already been delivered. If anything, we should see the start of Kaz's new journey. By the end of next week's episode, we need to see what he will be or have an inkling of what he will become leading into the second season. Yeah. So that concludes this week's discussion on Star Wars Resistance. No Escape Part One. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) 